Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. show today so I just want you to be prepared it's going to be a little raw it's going to be a little raunchy it's going to be a little me and uh, I just want you to know up front how it's all going to go down so 
Have a seat. Put your feet up. Get your popcorn ready. And if I sound a little strange or a little off, it's because I'm suffering from allergy issues. And I've taken some Benadryl. I was hoping it'd get a little better before showtime, but nope. So, uh, you know, throughout most of my adult life, I uh, I never suffered from allergies of any kind. And I was impervious to such things. You know, I was even impervious to bugs, uh, mosquitoes, and, you know, gnats and that, those types of of, uh, of, uh, of bugs, you know, they never bothered. They stayed away. There's something about my natural scent, I was told, that repelled bugs. <laughs> sounds kind of creepy. Sounds weird, but it's true. And uh, but uh, as I've gone older, I suppose uh, you know things have uh, weakened a little bit in those in that regard. I'm still pumping 100% testosterone, according to my doctor, so I'm very proud of that. I might throw that out there every chance I get. But in terms of allergies, it's it's sudden. Like, wow, what? I'm allergic to stuff like that. What is that all about? When did that happen? So it just uh, it just came upon me. But let's get on with the show, and uh, we'll do we'll muddle through. And give the best we can. We got a lot of news today, a lot of stuff happening. You know, we had the terrorist um, attack in um, in London, and they're experiencing that quite a bit, mostly because they're, you know, very liberal and they have open borders and all that stuff happening. Uh, we've got uh, election primaries going on tonight. That's going to be a big thing. I can't wait to... Uh, you know, uh, to get into that, you know, later on tonight and see who's who's winning, what's what. A lot of talk about our girl Amarosa. Uh, she's put out yet another um, recording. Folks are talking about suing and all of that. And she's really put herself in a bad position. And yesterday I called her the B word. Now I'm really starting to feel sorry for her, actually, because she's, she's a mess. I've heard some things that were... Quite unflattering about her um, from people who used to be her friend, who are, have been just so put out by her um, her behavior that they just said, you know, enough. And so, with enough comes, you know, they're gonna they're gonna call it out. So we have primaries in states that are gonna test the limits of the Democrats. Uh, surge or, or blue wave, so we're going to see how that works out. Um, and uh, so, so let's go ahead and get started. First thing I want to talk about is the N word because it's been it's been brought out that um, according to Anna Amorosa, there's this uh, tape that exists that's been out there for quite some time. That um, reveals uh, Donald John Trump, our president, is using the N-word. Wow. First of all, if he did, I couldn't give less than a damn. And I'll explain why in a moment. But uh, 
and, and as I've stated, there is a recording of President Lyndon Baines Johnson, and there are those folks who were actually in the room with him when he stated, "Now, quote, now we'll have the we'll have those niggers, niggers, voting Republican for the next two hundred years." Um, I guess nobody's batted an eye over that, you know, at that time. But uh, top Democrats um, and Byrd and, uh, and 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 a couple other uh, Democrats who were uh, members of the Klan, active former members of the Klan. Uh, one former Democrat senator or, or, or congressman, I can't remember. Uh, Rob, not Robert Byrd, but the other the other guy um, had uh, an actual uh, daughter who who is black um, that he kept uh, hidden for such a long time. But let's get back. I'm, I'm digressing, probably because I'm on drugs right now. But the N word. So I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there: nigger, 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 or nigger. You take your pick. But here's the thing, and a lot of you already know this, especially my black brothers and sisters out there. We call each other nigger all the time. I used the word myself a few times just this week in reference to somebody special. Marvin Hill, my friend on Facebook, nigger, I hope you're listening. But we use the word all the time. What's up, my nigger? That's my nigger. Dog. Nigga, please. Nigga, what? Nigga, you crazy. Nigga, 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 nigga. And I suspect, I, I don't know for sure, whether or not Amorosis ever used the word nigga. But why is it? It's a rhetorical question, by the way. Why is it that we can call each other niggas? What's up, nigga? Look here, nigga. See here, nigga. Nigga, please. And what I'm saying. They're not ever, ever. Not even, not even joking. Use the new word. I say, explain, explain. We call it all bitches, bitches. Well, black folks do. It's all in rap songs. Hell, NWA is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Was inducted a couple of years ago. They were calling women bitches and hoes and nigger this and nigger that. Nigger, 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 nigger. And they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Fuck the police. Nigger, nigger, bitch, ho. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, is, even if. President Donald Trump used the N-word. Who gives a damn? Because right now, I can call up my man Marvin Hill or any of my other friends. Now, Marvin Hill is on my Facebook page. I've known him for more than 20 years. Oddly enough, though, Marvin and I have never actually met in person. We met in a Yahoo chat room back in 19. 19- 98 
Yes. We have been Facebook friends, MySpace friends, Yahoo friends, fantasy football friends. We have known each other as far as as best as another person can know a person digitally uh, for more than 20 years. Well, since 1998. So it'll be almost 20 years. Never met in person. But he is one of, I consider, we talk telephonically. We have talked via text. We have communicated on Facebook, via Messenger, all sorts of things. All throughout these years. We've never actually met. Is that creepy? Is that weird? Okay, but I said, Marvin, look here, nigga. Why are you still breathing? It is a mystery to me that you are still alive. Why is that, nigga? And you know what? Marvin will respond. He won't say, why are you calling me a nigga? That's offensive. Are you a racist or something? No. He'll say, nigga, please. (laughs) That's how we do. Now, to a lot of you out there, oh, that's so offensive. I hate that word. Why are you using that word? Don't use that word. I don't like it. It's disrespectful. Don't. I, I don't like the word. I don't like that word. You know what? So what? I don't give a damn. The N-word, if I can use it with another black person, and I'm not saying I can use it with every single black person, and they're not going to call me out and say, hey, you know, I'd really rather you didn't. There might be out of a thousand Two or three who might say, you know what, I really don't really, you know, I don't, you know, I really wish you would. But most folks are going to say it's going to either go over their head because they've been, we've been, we've been calling each other that since we were kids. And, you know, we, we alternate between my dog and my nigger. So what is up with Donald Trump using the N word if he did? And there's no evidence whatsoever. That he ever did. So far, mystery recording has not been produced. And there are a lot of folks who are saying that the tape never never existed in the first place. So, so, here's what we're going to do. We're going to find out what's the truth is here. Who's using the word? Where did it come from? Who's got it? Why? Why? When was the last time you called one of your niggas a nigga? Because I've used the word a dozen times now, and I used the word a couple of days ago during my nigga. So, let's, uh, let's take a short break. We're gonna
the nasty, the filthy inward. Yeah. We'll be right back. Please join Doc Jones as he kicks off prime time with the Sit Rats. Weekdays from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, Dr. C. Robert Jones is a retired Marine officer with a Ph.D. in history. And he keeps up with the day-to-day events and analyzes and explains with historical facts and in an informed opinion. Gojo Media is dynamic and fresh, so please catch the Situation Report every weeknight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. People come to Internet Radio for any number of reasons. Among the reasons are perhaps they're tired of the pasteurized, homogenized news that they get from their TV. Or some may want their talk radio a little more raw. Well, that's what you get with Internet Talk Radio. Real people with real opinions that give you real conversation. It's not your daddy's talk radio. And it's for people who stay informed and a great way to share ideas and debate issues. Well, let's just say that Internet Talk Radio hosts don't sit in front of the makeup mirror before they go on the air. Internet Talk Radio is a fast-growing new media that allows folks to get around the dinosaur media. We Are America United is a network of patriotic radio hosts bringing you honest discussion and discourse that will keep you riveted all day. Check out radio.waaumedia.com. Here now to respond to these latest claims from Amorosa Manigault Newman and maybe reveal some new information of her own, the former spokeswoman for the 2016 Trump campaign, current senior advisor to his 2020 re-elect campaign, Katrina Pearson. She is quoted, or perhaps she'll say misquoted, in Amorosa's new book. Good evening, Katrina. Good evening, Ed. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you being here. A lot to unpack. Let me start first with a quote from the book so we can get it from you directly about whether this is true or not. In the book, Amorosa says Katrina had heard from her sources that the tape was of Trump using the N-word. Someone she knew who knew political strategist Frank Luntz told her that Luntz had heard it. Lynn, as in Lynn Patton, a longtime Trump aide, reported she asked Trump about it on the plane, specifically whether it was possible such a tape might exist, and he said no. Then she, Katrina, asked him what he wanted her to do, and he said, put it to bed. Katrina cursed and said, he said it. Did that happen? (laughs) No, Ed. That did not happen. It sounds like she's writing a script for a movie. Uh, You know, I've already been out there uh, talking about this. That is absolutely not true. I have no sources with that tape. I have no connections to anyone at Celebrity Apprentice other than Omarosa. And in fact, she was the only one that brought this tape up. Um, People that I've checked with who she's mentioned have no idea what she's talking about. But you know what, Ed, I'm really not going to be angry about this. Clearly, Mm -hmm. Omarosa is in a very desperate situation. I really do feel sorry for her. This is obviously trash for cash. Um, I was really concerned with Omarosa when she got married, when she had to buy a fake wedding ring. So I do feel sorry for her, but I will not stand by and allow her to continue to to tarnish everyone's reputation and hurt the one person that helped her become who she is in the celebrity world. Okay, we gave you a chance to respond. I want to get to the new information, but first I want to be clear. You've been around the president during the campaign, since the campaign, since he was elected president. 
Have you ever heard him use the N-word, any sort of racial slur? Yes Absolutely or no? not. The answer is no. In fact, the president and his family have been nothing but kind, generous, and respectful to myself and everyone else that I know of color. Okay. Now, let's get to the new info. Uh, I mentioned Lynn Patton, a longtime Trump aide going back to his business dealings, and then she, she I believe, uh, had been working at the Housing and Urban Development. She's a longtime uh, Trump advisor inside and outside the government. Uh, I understand she's putting out a statement this hour that is refuting these claims. Can you tell us about that? Oh, absolutely. Look, as I mentioned, Omarosa was the source of this tape. She was concerned trolling this tape since the latter part of the campaign, in my opinion, as a tool of manipulation of those around her. Um, and she has been mentioning Lynn Patton's name over the last couple of days on her melodramatic interviews as someone who could actually corroborate what she was saying. And in fact, Lynn Patton has released a statement this evening, and she's given an exclusive. That and is what now, is she saying? And that is now running in the Huffington Post, who says that that is simply not true. But more importantly, Ed, it's the timeline. The reason why Omarosa is facing a wrath of contradiction is because she can't keep her lies straight. She has gone out there and said that she has not heard the tape until after her book was finalized. Well, what mm -hmm. everyone didn't know, and that what Lynn Patton is announcing tonight— And that's Lynn Patton right there. And what Lynn and Patton is announcing tonight— I just want to be clear. Pardon me one second. Lynn Patton is now saying tonight that on December 12th at 11.30 p.m., she's being very specific, 2017, at 11.30 p.m., in a phone call, she says, uh, Omarosa told her then that she had heard the tape where the president allegedly said the N-word. Significant because now in recent days, Omarosa has said she had not heard it until after writing her book. December 12, That's 2017, right. she hadn't written the book and she was still in the White House. That is a That's big right. contradiction. Is that what you're understanding tonight? It is a, it's a major contradiction and it's a bombshell, Ed, because on two days after that, on December 14th, she went on an ABC News interview defending the president saying, quote, that he is not a racist. So how could that be possible if she heard the tape already that she's using as her excuse to change okay. her tone with the president? Another quick point I want to make. Uh, Mark Burnett, a top, uh, the, one of the creators, obviously, of The Apprentice, the president tweeted tonight that Mark Burnett called him and said no such tape exists. Beyond that, Omarosa today was out there on MSNBC and maybe elsewhere saying that Bill Pruitt, another producer on The Apprentice, is corroborating her story. I understand you have a different story tonight. Yes. Uh, uh, Bill Pruitt was the producer of seasons one and two, uh, where she is claiming that this apparently took place. She also told Lynn Patton that Bill Pruitt was her original source of this tape. And Lynn Patton spoke with Bill this evening and is announcing that that is simply not true. And as I suspected all along, this tape does not exist. Omarosa is just desperate for money. All right. Uh, last question. Um, you were at her wedding. There are photos of you online, you know, having fun with Omarosa. I know people are friends and then they, they mm -hmm. break up. Uh, and the president hired her well over $100,000 a year in taxpayer money inside the White House. The president in the campaign said he was going to hire the best and the brightest, that he was a businessman. Uh, there you are at the wedding. Uh, you know, he's had problems now with Michael Cohn as well. A big picture here. Uh, you can, you're, you're going after Omarosa hard and attacking her. But the fact of the matter is I'm not attacking her. I'm just stating the fact. Well, you talked about her, fa her ring, and, and you said that this is trash for, for cash. You said it was trash for cash. And so I want to be clear. Uh, you've been friends with her, and the president hired her to a sensitive White House post being paid almost $200,000 a year in taxpayer money. That was a mistake, wasn't it? Well, no. The president has no control over the decisions that other people make. He simply gave individuals an opportunity to achieve greatness. She could have been out there 
championing her community with the prison reform and everything the president is doing for the black community, but she chose to go a different route. The president is not responsible for others' reactions. All right, Katrina Pearson, appreciate you coming in with that new information. Great to be here, Ed. Thanks. All right, welcome back. I have to agree, uh, rather disagree, with uh, with Katrina. I know her personally. Um, she and I have chatted quite a few times, and uh, we have a cordial uh, relationship. But I disagree with uh, with Katrina with regard to um, Trump not having any control. Uh, Trump knew what he was doing when he hired. Omarosa, he knew that she was an evil witch. I want to use the other word, but I used it too many times already yesterday, so I'm going to lay off a little bit, but you know the word I'm looking for. So he knew that she was conniving. He knew that she was backstabbing. He knew that she was very hard to get along with and deal with, but he hired her anyway. Why? I don't know. I just don't know. She has a track record there before your very eyes. Why give her a job knowing fully well that she's going to stink the place up and create a uh, an environment or foster an environment where she's hated, disliked, and disruptive? Why would Trump do that? I don't know. I love my president, but he seems to have at the beginning of his presidency not hired the best and the brightest with regard to some of these staff members. And Omarosa is one of them. You know, I'm kind of getting the idea that he's, I don't know, why would he? Why did he do that? She secretly recorded uh, uh, um, Kelly, um, White House Chief of Staff. She's recorded the president secretly and others. I'm going to get the idea right now that the full weight of some very powerful people are going to come down on her shortly. And that any financial gain or windfall that she will receive is going to be blunted by all the other trouble. I think she has alienated half of the American population right now anyway. She's alienated people that once liked and trusted her for, what, a few dollars? Is she that broke? I don't know. But there are blacks out there who are refuting Amorosis. Trump is a racist claim or lie. Yeah. So, uh, for example, uh, uh, Lloyd Marcus. Lloyd Marcus writes... My fellow Americans, I am so weary of people on the national stage willing to sacrifice the best interests of our country and people to serve their for uh, interest of our country and people to serve their egos and personal vendettas. Former White House aide Amarosa Manigault Newman is the latest to show her true colors. Amarosa was fired. Now she is claiming. She had heard she heard Trump use the N-word. President Trump has been awesome for minorities, sending black and Hispanic unemployment to historic lows. Yes, he did. So what good 
does Omarosa's unsubstantiated claim do for everyone or anyone other than to feed the American left's lie that Trump's a racist? Clearly, Omarosa is another, is another ego and power-driven person making it all about her. The American left will treat Omarosa's claim like manna from heaven, promoting it 24-7. The American left is so obsessed with blocking Trump from making America great again that they will use any and every despicable, evil, low-life tactic necessary, kind of like Omarosa. The American... The American left claims to be outraged over the possibility of Trump using the N-word. Nigger, 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 nigger. Meanwhile, their operatives freely use the N-word and racial slurs to trash patriotic blacks. Hell to the yeah. I've been called a nigger. I've been called an Uncle Tom. I've been called an Oreo. I've been called all the... Guess what? You're liberal. Mostly black. Because for some reason, white folks are scared to call a nigga a nigga. Or even a black man like me a nigga. Something about it, it's like the C word to a woman. Only it's the N word from somebody who's not black to somebody who is. But like I said earlier, I can use the word all day long. I can go to Publix, Kroger, Macy's. I can shout the N word. In the mall, mall of Georgia, where I was earlier today, I can shout that word out. Nothing's going to happen to me. But if a white person does it, you know, they're going to have to try to find an alternate exit or something. So they're outraged. The American left claims to be outraged. Yes, they do. For years... Left of us have called me a stupid nigger for loving my country. The American left did not have a problem with Bill Clinton saying this about Obama. Quote, a few years ago, this guy would have been getting us coffee. End quote. Yeah, I can see how a lot of liberals would find that to be offensive. And maybe even that punk Obama himself. Yep. I mean, Clinton actually said that. Frankly, I know what he means. It's kind of like the same thing where, you know, this guy couldn't carry my jock strap or this guy couldn't couldn't carry my briefcase. This guy would have been get of course, because Obama was a neophyte. He was an amateur. He still is. And I understand what Bill Clinton was saying. He wasn't saying that Obama was a step and fetch it. You know, or made or you know, a houseboy or whatever. He was saying that the guy was like low rent. Unimportant. So, I mean, I get it. But some, a lot of folks would have found that offensive had it come from anybody but Bill Clinton. Because as a lot of us black folks know, Tony Morrison stated a hell of a lot controversially some many years back that for all intents and purposes Bill Clinton was the first black president and she cited her reasons for claiming for for bestowing the title of first black 
president on Bill Clinton. What it, what was her reason, folks? She said, and I quote, it's because he grew up. He was raised by a single mother, end quote. And that he loved fried chicken and watermelon. Those were, end quote. She actually said this. He grew up in a single family home and he loved chicken and water. You can Google it. This is what a black woman said about a white man. And she said this is why she said that those were the reasons, the primary reasons why for all intents and purposes, Bill Clinton was the first black president. Yeah. So here we go. So Obama said a few years ago this guy would have been getting us coffee. The American left was not outraged at all. Not outraged at all. The the American left was not particularly outraged when former Ku Klux Klan Democrat Senator Robert Byrd said, I've seen a lot of white niggers in my time, end quote. <laughs> so have I. So have I, Rob. But listen, yeah, Robert Byrd, Democrat. So far, I can I could not find a Republican being quoted as saying anything even remotely that bizarre. I, I'm I'm actually laughing because you know I first heard the term when I was a, a Marine recruit when one of my uh, one of my drill instructors was talking. To another drill instructor about another drill instructor and called him and said, there goes the white nigger. Because I guess they thought he thought he was black. So Robert Byrd is saying <laughs> he's seen a lot of white niggers in his time. Yes, I have seen a lot of white niggers too and a lot of black ones. But here we go. So when black Republican Michael Steele ran for the U.S. Senate, a leftist defaced Steele's photo to depict him in blackface. How you deface a photo to show black-ass Michael Steele in blackface is beyond me. How does that even how is that even done? I mean, he's he's already black enough. Michael still can't get any blacker, but he's a Republican, former governor of the great state of Virginia, I think. Anyway, so Michael Steele. All right, so when so when he did that, oh, there there was a caption underneath the photo. The caption with a racist photo said, "Quote: Simple Sambo wants to move to the big house." So no leftist, no left folks from the left said any, had anything to say about that, because Michael Steele is a Republican, so you can call him whatever you want. The American left has no problems with the N word, y'all, and neither do I, frankly. Neither do I. When cartoonist Ted Nall declared Black Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice. Bush's house nigger some years ago, nobody said a damn thing. And years ago, I attended a party in which white guys were freely 
using the N-word, quoting lines from Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction movie. It was it was as though the movie made that shit cool. Remember when Quentin Tarantino used the word freely in the movie where the black guy got shot and a head exploded in the back seat? Anyway, you guys get the picture. So the, the N-word is out there. And it's been used a lot of times. Why would anybody be upset about it? Not even your most liberal snowflake should be concerned about the use of the N-word at this juncture. Because our culture has been saturated with that word. As I stated and I'll state again, NWA, fuck the police, and the liberal use of the word nigger, bitches, and hoes, well... They were rewarded by having the honor bestowed upon them as being members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If a white person depicted you by using the, the word, the N-word, in your presence as a black person, you were obligated to whoop that ass. But why? Why? Because I'm going to turn around and call a nigga a nigga anytime. And nobody's going to whoop me. So, I think you kind of get in the picture right here now. We've, we've, we've exhausted this topic. Alright? So, but, 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 Somehow, Quentin Tarantino got away with using the N-word. That made it even cool to use it. Tarantino's movie, Obsessive Use of the N-Word, he used it 110 times. 110 times in Django Unchained. Who remembers that movie? Did you count the use of the word nigga? Because it was exactly 110 times. And 65 times in the movie Hateful Eight. The American left says, hey, it's acceptable because Tarantino is one of us. A white nigger. (sighs) The world is clearly going crazy. Crazy. I mean, oh, let me, can I do this just one more time? Nigga, 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 nigga. All right. I've used up a lot of time on this topic, and Amorosa's claim that the President of the United States, ooh, used the N-word? Well, that's never been done before. Never. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it has. We've used the word quite a bit. So, without further ado, we're going to take another break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to discuss our other topic, the most important topic, because it is, it's hilarious. We'll be right back, folks. 
Please join Doc Jones as he kicks off primetime with the Sit Rats. Weekdays from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, Dr. C. Robert Jones is a retired Marine officer with a Ph.D. in history. And he keeps up with the day-to-day events and analyzes and explains with historical facts and in an informed opinion. Gojo Media is dynamic and fresh, so please catch the Situation Report every weeknight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Was Elizabeth Warren the first woman of color to be hired to Harvard Law School in 1995? Politico reports that according to a 1997 piece in the Fordham Law Review, the current candidate for Senate in Massachusetts, who has Native American roots, was touted by the school as part of an effort to increase diversity among faculty. The piece reflects similar statements in an article in the Harvard Crimson from a year before that describes the professor-turned-consumer advocate as a Native American. That has some suggesting that Warren's hiring wasn't all about merit. But Warren's camp has fired back, saying that her family's claiming Native heritage is old news and that she wasn't aware that Harvard was ever billing her that way. Quote, everyone who has hired Elizabeth has been clear that she was hired because she was a great teacher, not because of that heritage, said Warren's spokesman. Maybe those who still have questions about merit versus heritage may find their answers in her score on the most important metric of higher education. Rate my professors. All right, welcome back, folks. So I got the idea for this next um, topic from an article in The American Thinker, which was written August 13, 2018, called Where Do We Get Such Losers? And I'll read a little bit from it, and then I'll ask you what you think. All right, so this was written by Colin Flattery. So if you want to go ahead and if you're at your computer, pull it up, and we'll go through it together. When delivered by Ronald Reagan, the question, where do we get such men, used to be the ultimate contemplation about the people who make this country great, but not anymore. Today, when we look at the delusion and deceit surrounding at least five Democrat members of the U.S. Senate, The question now becomes, is this the best we have? So, what Colin Flattery is asking and what he's saying is, let's look at a few. And I'm saying the same thing. So, we're going to start with Cory Booker. When Cory Booker moved to Newark, New Jersey, he had it all. Multiple degrees from Stanford. Wow. A Rhodes Scholarship. A winning smile and a willingness to lie his ass off about a central figure in his earlier campaigns. He also had an imaginary friend, T-Bone, a drug-dealing, streetwise guardian, angel of Cory Booker. As he tried to convince the people of Newark, he was not just a little rich kid which is what he just was, he tried, to, he tried to convince them that he was one of them, that he was bursting with street cred, that he wasn't this little 
geeky rich kid who grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth and attended Stanford and other schools and a Rhodes Scholar. No, he wanted to be black. Because, frankly, Corey's not black enough. He is not. He, he wants to be blacker than he really is. So he invented this character called T-Bone. And he and T-Bone hung out in the hood, and they did hood stuff. And T-Bone would often bestow upon Mr. Booker some worldly advice, grandfatherly, fatherly, worldly advice. And a lot of that advice, according to Booker, he took to heart. But the problem is T-Bone never existed. Now, the Star Ledger and National Review broke this story of delusion almost at the same time. An excerpt, an excerpt from Booker's hometown newspaper. So listen up. When he was first elected mayor of Newark, the tale of T-Bone was a staple of Cory Booker's speeches. Quote, I said hello to this guy, and I'll never forget, he leaped off the steps where he was standing and looked at me and threatened my life, end quote. Booker said this during a 2007 speech at the New School in New York. He also went on to say, and I quote, I later got to know this guy, and his name was T-Bone. And I'm a vegetarian, so that was a particularly vicious threat, end quote. Did you get that? Because I, I didn't get it. Anyway, Booker said, with big, he said this with big laughs. He, he's a vegetarian. That explains some things, too, right there. Months later, the Star-Ledger tried to find T-Bone to no avail. Those who knew Booker then said the character was a fabrication. A lie. Fabrication. So when did the media get so delicate about their accusations of deceit? It wasn't a fabrication. He was lying. He was lying his ass off. About having an imaginary friend named T-Bone so that he could build up his street cred and seem hard. When obviously looking at his picture right here and now, he looks like the candy ass that I know he is. So, over the last, <laughs> Jimmy Stewart chased a big white rabbit around, and they wanted to put him in a padded cell. Cory Booker does way worse, way worse, and way too often. And the people of New Jersey beg for more. So who belongs in padded cells? So, let's stay in New Jersey. Over the last six years, Senator Bob Mendez has gone through two criminal trials and an ethics investigation. During all these legal proceedings, there was very little disagreement about the facts. Menendez received hundreds of dollars in gifts and favors from Dr. Samuel Sam, Sal, Salmon Melgan, a doctor who is now sitting in prison for 17 years for Medicare fraud. Wow. These gifts include sexual tourism trips to Central America. Wow. What is that? What is a sexual tourism trip? Does anybody know? Where Mendez later used his office to try to get his concubines 
into the United States as residents. Uh, I guess he, they were they were pretty good. The list of sordid activities is long and not in dispute, but Menendez successfully convinced enough people that he was just doing favors for a friend, and vice versa. Thus, it was within the bounds of the law, and he got away with it. Enough people and juries bought it so that he is up for re-election in a few months. Yep. So from imaginary drug-dealing thugs like T-Bone to real-life hookers on an unlimited expense account, all we know for sure is that it's good to be a king in New Jersey. Now, let's go up the freeway to Massachusetts. Very beautiful there. The now infamous Democrat Senator Elizabeth Warren found herself with a tenured position at Harvard Law School after spending the better part of an adult lifetime telling people she was a Native American. She was a Native-born Native American. She was an Indian. And if you don't believe her, just check her cheekbones. But she took it to another level, submitting receipts for an American Indian cookbook, which she plagiarized. She, And then she stood by while Harvard bragged about her Native American birthright. The first, she was the first on the faculty of Howard, Harvard Law. Except... And that all sounds great, doesn't it? Except none of it is true. None of it. Not a single word. In fact, some say that if Warren's ancestors were on the Trail of Tears, it was as a guard or a captor, not an Indian. At this point, really, what difference does it make? So, Pocahontas, as... She's been labeled, and I'm sure you've heard it. Pocahontas, Elizabeth Warren, goes around claiming that she is an American Indian. And that her papa, <laughs> well, I, I tell you what. Uh. <laughs> I'm gonna say, let's listen to the uh, let's listen to the, uh, the the audio. But I'm not even sure I want to do that. She's claiming to be an American Indian. Is that not offensive or what? All right. So let's just well let's go. Let's go ahead. You be the judge. We'll listen here. This is Elizabeth Warren's claim of Native American lineage. You're listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Did Massachusetts Senate candidate Elizabeth Warren use a bogus diversity claim to get a job at Harvard Law School? Welcome to Opinion Journal Live. We're here with our best of the web today, columnist James Serrano. James, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Good to be here. This is uh, kind of an interesting Senate race uh, in Massachusetts. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, kind of a darling of the left, uh, who uh, helped create this uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau in Washington, running against uh, Scott Brown, who, uh, of course, uh, 
got the seat in a special election when uh, Ted Kennedy passed away. Now, uh, what's come up lately is uh, Ms. Warren, uh, uh, Harvard Law School professor, uh, at various times in her career has been identified as a Native American. And uh, looking at her, it, it doesn't necessarily seem plausible. No, I mean, you look at her and she's as white as a ghost of a polar bear after a dental bleaching in a snowstorm. Uh, but she uh, was listed in various law school faculty directories in the 1980s and 90s as a, quote, Native American, American Indian uh, law professor. Uh, she seems to have dropped that designation about the time she came to Harvard in the mid-90s. In 1996, the Harvard Crimson student newspaper uh, quoted a law a Harvard Law School spokesman is saying uh, it's, it, there was a you know, big to-do over diversity or lack of diversity in the law school. He says, well, you know, it's not, it's not true that we don't have any uh, female minority law professors. Look at Elizabeth Warren. She's a Native American. That's uh, right. So they, they've been, uh, or at various times, uh, she's been identified as such. Right. Now, there has been lately now a hunt for evidence. Uh, at first, uh, it appeared to be completely baseless, but now we get word that... Uh, some generations back, uh, there apparently was a, uh, a Native American a, a, ancestor. A genealogist who said that he couldn't find any evidence, uh, who told, he told the Boston Herald, which has been uh, really uh, in the lead on this story, story yeah. he told them that he couldn't find any Indian ancestors. Now he says he's found a, I guess it's a great, great, great grandmother. So she's 132nd American Indian, if this is true. Now, of course, there's nothing wrong with being part American Indian. We celebrate the diversity of America. But if she uh, used this to get uh, advantages in her career, earlier in her career, and of course this sort of so-called diversity is quite beneficial for advancing in academia, uh, and then turned around and dropped this designation to avoid the stigma of being an affirmative action hire, uh, this looks really bad. Well, well uh, speaking of uh, talking about political impact now, and I think we've got a, a graphic, uh, latest Rasmussen poll. This is a very tight race. Um, it, was, it was expected to be tight, and uh, it's uh, both sides raising a lot of money. I'm wondering about the political impact here, because uh, as you've said, uh, uh, this is not uh, necessarily uh, going to be welcomed by voters if there's a perception that she used this to advance her career, dropped it uh, after she had already become a Harvard uh, law professor. Now, we should say her campaign has been putting out denials, including a statement from one Jay Westbrook of the University of Texas, where she once worked. He says, quote, to suggest that she needed some special advantage to be hired here or anywhere is just silly. She was hired for her great abilities as a teacher and scholar. Her family tree had nothing to do with it. Uh, I tend to discount this denial. If you can find me an example of a college administrator admitting that somebody was hired right. because of his family tree and not for his great abilities, uh, I will take this more seriously. But I think this is the sort of fiction that goes along with affirmative action in general. It's part of why the whole thing is so corrupt. As for the political uh, implications, uh, look, Massachusetts has a lot of Irish and Italian people uh, who may have voted for Ted Kennedy but who don't benefit from racial preferences and may not like Seeing, uh, seeing this sort of thing. And there's also a class issue here. There was a, 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 a case some years ago in which a couple of uh, Irish-American firemen claimed, based on very similar claims of family lore and photographs of their ancestors, that they were part black. They were actually fired for, for racial fraud under Boston civil service laws. Uh, an elite lawyer shouldn't be able to get away with this sort of thing if an ordinary working stiff can't. Well, I also I do wonder what the reaction is going to be. You now have uh, the Boston Herald uh, quoting a, 
a leader of a Native American group, uh, essentially saying, oh, wait a minute, Elizabeth Warren is not a real Native American. That job could have gone to uh, someone, I, I suppose, with more uh, uh, obvious uh, lineage. Right. I mean, look, the idea that... All right. You get the picture, right? So we've got whites claiming to be black. We all know the story of the young lady who identified as being black. And we've had Elizabeth Warren claiming to be Native American. We've got Cory Booker going over the edge, coming up with this nigga T-Bone, who was his homie, to give him street cred. So you've got, so you've got some line going on here. We've got folks who want to be hard, so they invent a hard character and then insert him, this hard, imaginary person, so that, you know, yeah, I'm hard because I hung out with my nigga T-Bone. Yes, I'm an American Indian, so check this out. I get special status. I want you to understand that I'm one of you. I'm an American Indian. I'm a Native American. Ain't She ain't shit. She is not a Native American. Every You have all of these folks claiming that there's something they're not. Now, Planky's in the house, and Planky writes, if I, for one, care about Amorosa's inward claims, I don't listen to the constant CNN cluster mess. I supported and voted for President Trump for his issues, which he... Yes, he does. That's all that matters. It's not what he said, it's what he does. Small talk for small folks. That's what I say about that. The thing is, everybody wants to be black, but nobody wants to be black. Cory Booker's trying to be black, and he's trying to be hard, so he invents imaginary characters. T-Bone. Elizabeth Warren wants to not be white anymore, so she identifies as Native American. What the hell does that mean, identify as? You're a white woman. You are a pseudo-black booker man who wants to, wants to be blacker, but since you're not, you invent a character to try to make you all hard so you can get some street cred. Understood. And... We've got Menendez, who is trying to get laid in other countries and trying to get paid. He's trying to get laid and he's trying to get paid. But at least Menendez is not trying to say that he's black. (laughs) Yeah, so here's the thing. We've We've got a lot of stuff happening. Now, in Connecticut, Senator Richard Blumenthal first ran for the Senate. He was fond of telling stories about his time as a combat warrior in Vietnam. Yeah, Richard Blumenthal was a Vietnam combat vet, a warrior born, a super warrior, a superman. His picture's on the page. He was macho, macho man, but no, he was not. Oh, but he had lots of stories filled with with lush details about how veterans were abused when they came home after the war. 
Vietnam and how how he was part of that group of veterans who who was abused and spat on and called baby killers. As it turns out, though, Mr. Blumenthal never served in Vietnam. Never, not once. Stolen valor, baby. <laughs> but, you know, he had to come up with something because he's butt-ass ugly, uninteresting, all to be damned, doesn't have any street cred to speak of, doesn't have any military background, so he's got to come up with something to spice things up for himself. Except, guess what, Richie? Folks check that stuff nowadays. And it's easy to check. Google your ass. Talk to your neighbors down the street. Just work on some shoe leather. Try to find out who you said you served with. You're going to get caught. And he got busted. Democrat malfeasance. When was the last time you heard a Republican claiming Vietnam War status? A war hero. And then getting busted. I don't know. Might might have happened. Might have happened. Yeah. <sighs> Folks, we got a lot of craziness going on. Folks trying to be black. Er. We got folks trying to be Native American. We got people trying to be both. Because a lot of black people I know will say, Oh, I'm 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 part Native American on my grandmother's side and blah blah. It turns out that's not true. Everybody wants to be some something or somebody that they are clearly not. Well, not everybody. Just Democrats. Just Democrats. These are the people who are going to run this country. They feel like it's good to identify as someone they're not. Someone once asked me not so long ago, well, Doc, do you identify as black? And, of course, there was a long pause before I responded. Do I identify as being black? Yes, because, you know, you're always talking about black people and, you know, you're Republican and all. You know, I, I, do I identify? I don't have any choice. I'm black. I I'm black on my on my dad's side. I'm Puerto Rican on my mom's side. What does that make me? I and I'll freely admit that on some days I choose to be Puerto Rican and on some days I choose to be black. It just depends on what mood I am. But I came by it honestly. My dad's black, my mother's Puerto Rican. By way of Spain, so I can I can do that. But if you're a white woman and you tease up your hair to look all curly and kinky, and put on some dark colored makeup to try to make yourself look black, well, that's just fraud. And if you are a not a Vietnam veteran and you're claiming to be one, well. I guess you can get away with it as long as you don't put a uniform on as long as you don't try to get paid. Because stolen valor is all about saying that you were a warrior in order to gain something from it monetarily. 
that's really what stolen valor is. It, it, because I can say I'm a Marine all I want, which I am. But if I try to say I'm a Marine so that I can get paid in some way or another, that is the definition of stolen valor. So where do we get these losers? Where do we get these people who want so badly to fit in that they will claim to be almost anything? I mean, where is it, it going to stop? It just doesn't make any sense. And back to the end word. Nigga, 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 nigga. Not nigga, nigger. Both. Nigga and nigger. We use the word all of the time. It's in movies. It's on television. It's everywhere. So if Trump used the word, which I, I don't have any knowledge of whether he did or didn't. I just know that if Amoros is saying there's a tape out there, I kind of suspect the way Trump is hated right now by the left, that tape would have been produced and been put out there. Man, I can't. I tell you what, if I had a tape of Trump using the N-word, I myself might be tempted to offer it up to CNN or MSNBC to the highest bidder, and I believe I would make quite the fortune. So if, in fact, he ever said that word and there's a tape of it out there somewhere, whoever has it is set to get paid. But I doubt that there is a tape of of him actually saying that. But I know damn well there's a tape of Johnson saying it because I got it somewhere here in my archives. I couldn't find it. But it's there of him saying, now we'll have the niggers, not niggers, the niggers voting Democrat for the next 200 years. And this was as a result of the signing of a civil rights legislation. Now, he actually said that because there were witnesses to it. But all I heard was cricket because nobody's talking about it. And back then, the word was freely used by niggas as it is today. So the next time you feel free to call up one of your homies, one of your friends, pick up the phone, dial a number, go ahead and say, what's up, my nigga? How you doing? What's up? Nigga, you crazy. Nigga, you's a fool. Nigga this and nigga that. Because the word is free to use. If we can use the word every single day, and I can play a song by 50 Cent, which I did earlier today, AO Technology, I played that. And he used the word seven or eight times. I didn't count them all. And I danced my butt off. And that was it. I didn't take, I didn't think about the word at all. We use the word a lot. Nigga, 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 nigga. And we call each other bitches and hoes, which I've never actually done, by the way. I wouldn't call a woman either of those names to their faces. But 
It's in almost every rap song. You can't get through a rap song unless it's uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff, the French, the and the Fresh Prince, or Kid and Play. Everybody else, every other rap song. Oh, and 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 and, and Sugar Hill Gang. Everybody else, it's nigga this and it's nigga that. It's bitch this, it's bitch that. It's ho this, it's ho that. And a lot of these folks who use these words are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame right now. So, look, bitches, I'm out. You've been listening to the oh ho uh, niggas. Look, niggas, I'm 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 about to check out. I'm gone. You know why I said it? Cause I can. Cause I'm black, right? Am I black enough? Yes, I am. But even if you are not black and you want to use the N-word, don't be shy. Never mind that whole thing about, oh, I can say it, but you can't. Because I've been called a nigger by a white person in anger twice in my lifetime. The first time, I punched him in the mouth and knocked out a whole bunch of teeth. I was a young Marine at the time, and I punched another Marine in the mouth. I regret doing so. And I was called the N-word by a guy I played football with, flag football with, some years back. Those are the only two times a white person has ever used the N-word in reference to me. One was dealt with swiftly because I didn't know any better. And the other guy, well, I was in my late 30s and I just laughed it off. You know why? Because a guy on the same team, two or three, no, three guys who were on my same team was using the N-word quite freely as we were playing. Nigga, get in the huddle. Nigga, do a skinny post. Nigga, get in here and block. So when the white guy called me one, (laughs) it sounded so funny that I couldn't help but laugh. But anyway, I digress. We're ju- we're out of time. We're overdue. It's time to go. Tomorrow we're going to pick up where we left off with regard to presidents being unfit for office. We're going to look at a few, and you tell me whether or not these guys were fit at the time to hold the office of president after they were elected by the people. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Until then, I want to thank you for listening. And say to you, God bless you. Yeah. And God bless. Yeah, what am I going to say? God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. We're out, folks. Good night. I ask my friends who are apologizing for not insisting upon this right. Where can the black man look in this country for the assertion of his right if he may not look to the Massachusetts Anti-Slavery Society? Where, under the whole heavens, can he look for sympathy in asserting this right if he may not look to this platform? Have you lifted us up to a certain height to see that we are men And then are any disposed to leave us there without seeing that we are put in possession of all our rights? We look naturally to this platform for the assertion of all our rights, and for this one especially. 
I understand the anti-slavery societies of this country to be based on two principles. First, the freedom of the blacks of this country. And second, the elevation of them. Let me not be misunderstood here. I am not asking for sympathy at the hands of abolitionists, sympathy at the hands of any. I think the American people are disposed often to be generous rather than just. I look over this country at the present time and I see educational societies, sanitary commissions, freedmen's associations and the like, all very good. But in regard to people of color in this land, there has always been more that is benevolent, I perceive, than just manifested toward us. What I ask for the black man is not benevolence, not pity, not sympathy, but simply justice. The American people have always been anxious to know what they shall do with us. Everybody has asked the question and learned to ask it early of the abolitionists. What shall we do with the black man? I have had but one answer from the beginning. Do nothing with us. Your doing with us has already played the mischief with us. Do nothing with us. If the apple will not remain on the tree of their own strength, if they are worm-eaten at the core, if they are early ripe and disposed to fall, then let them fall. I'm not for tying or fastening them on the tree in any way except by nature's plan. And if they will not stay there, then let them fall. If the black man cannot stand on his own legs, then let him fall also. All I ask is, give him a chance to stand on his own legs. Let him alone. If you see him on his way to school, let him alone. Don't disturb him. If you see him going to the dinner table at a hotel, then let him go. If you see him going to the ballot box, then let him alone. Don't disturb him. If you see him going into a workshop, just let him alone. Your interference is doing him a positive injury. Let him fall if he cannot stand alone. Black man cannot live by the line of eternal justice. The fault will not be yours. It will be his who made the black man and established that line for his government. Let him live or die by that. If you will only untie his hands and give him a chance. He will work as readily for himself as the white man. Now a great many delusions have been swept away by this war. One was that the black man would not work. He has proved his ability to work. Another was that the black man would not fight. 
that he possessed only the most cheapest attributes of humanity, was a perfect lamb or an Uncle Tom, disposed to take off his coat whenever required, fold his hands and be whipped by anybody who wanted to whip him. But this war, this war has proved that there is a great deal of human nature in that black man. And that yes, he will fight. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.